0: This is a humiliation, a total humiliation for conservative Tory ideology, neoliberal ideology, free market ideology, capitalist ideology, whatever you want to call it. Now the conservatives have been forced to admit that a key plank of what they believe in has failed and that is the p-word privatization. Today a right-wing Tory government committed to rampant unabashed capitalism at least in ideological terms was forced to renationalise an entire railway network, the trans Pennine Express. Why? Because under private ownership, run by private profiteers, to be blunt, the so-called service, and the owners were first group, uh, charged with running trains from uh, northern England uh, to southern Scotland. To be completely blunt, as I've said, this service sucked. Completely sucked, as even the government have had to admit, hence what they've done. If you're one of the unlucky passengers who's had to use this dire company. You've suffered disruption, cancellations, and a steep decline in reliability for a very long time. Now, you know what? This doesn't just cause inconvenience to people's lives. It can be devastating enough. There's all sorts of you know, reasons why you, you need to travel somewhere promptly. It damages people's livelihoods, and it has done, because many depend on a functioning train network um, in order to work, obviously, to do their business, work, whatever. Now, this is the fourth railway service to be renationalized by it must be emphasized again, a very right wing conservative government in the last half a decade. Now, to be clear, the Tories are not doing this because they want to. It runs against the very core of their ideology, which is that you you let the market run riot. That private entrepreneurship, as they put it, private ownership will always be a huge success. It will beat the public sector. It will be more efficient. It will be more responsive to customers. Um, It will be more modern. It will be more affordable, all that kind of stuff proved to be a complete and utter nonsense. Now, they've been forced to do this. That's the point. They didn't want to do this. They've been forced to do it because privatisation is an experiment which has failed. Not just failed, failed catastrophically. Now, as the campaign group We Own It points out, we do have some state ownership of the railways, actually, outside of the services that the Conservatives have been forced to snap up. But but that's they're owned by foreign governments that are not accountable to UK citizens like the German and French governments. But otherwise, it's run by these large asset management groups whose interest is profit. It's not people's needs. It's not passengers. It's making a quick buck. Now, when the Tories privatised the railways back in the mid-1990s, they promised... It's kind of funny now. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it is kind of funny. They promised a better, cheaper and more effective service for the commuter. How's your better, cheaper and more effective service going, guys? Enjoyed it? Lapping it up? Um, Instead, what we ended up with is a fragmented, inefficient, costly mess. We've got some of those expensive rail fares in Europe. Um, And in fact, prices since uh, privatisation have been driven up by about a fifth. Um, Rail prices for a long time have been rising twice as fast as wages. So they're getting more and more unaffordable with every passing year. Now, we're told, oh, well, you know, let the state... Um, sorry, free the railways of the state, cheaper for the taxpayer. Not even true. Not even true. More expensive to run in terms of public subsidies than it was in the days of British Rail, a threefold jump in public subsidies. That's costing the taxpayer an estimated around £5 billion um, a year. Classic example, this, of um, capitalism, uh, sorry, socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor, Um, that the rules of the market, sink or swim, applies to people who are struggling, but that the state is often used to bail out and support private companies in their endeavour to make large sums of money, including at the expense of the broader public. Now, we've seen as well increased overcrowding, um, huge level. I mean, we've got trains now running at near double capacity because investing in new rolling stock costs money. And rail companies were like, we could invest in new rolling stock, but we'd quite like some dividends for our shareholders. So... Got to weigh that up, haven't you? We're going for the dividends. Um, we have had improvements in new technology, um, but they've been underwritten and developed by the states. It's not you can't give credit to these dire rail companies um, for these imp- for even the technological improvements. To be clear, it's not just rail where privatisation has failed. Um, I mean, it really is one of the big policy disasters of post-war Britain, and there's quite a few. It really does epitomise just the failure of the the society that Thatcherism built and which then New Labour failed uh, to fix and then successive Tory governments have doubled down on. So according to the Financial Times, not known as a renowned bastion of socialism, it has to be said, the privatisation of water looks little more than an organised rip-off. Over the course of a decade, they note, the nine main English water companies took nearly £19 billion of post-tax profits, nearly all of which was paid out as dividends, while such companies had repeatedly been fined for allowing raw sewage to pollute our rivers. They re- privatisation really is full of shit, quite literally. Since privatisation, household water bills have soared by forty uh, percent, costing consumers well over two billion pounds more a year than if the industry had remained in public hands. Great, tremendous stuff. Or take energy. It's been estimated that an electricity price is between ten and twenty percent higher than if privatisation never happened. Britain's got one of the worst records in fuel poverty of any European nation. Um, the rate of British pensioners dying from extreme cold each winter is double that of Finland, a country with a far colder climate. Um, they don't have the Gulf Stream, like we do. It languishes near the bottom of European nations in shifting to renewable energy. Now, you know, it's unsurprising that polls show overwhelming support, including those Conservative voters for en- renationalising our utilities, because clearly, in private hands, it's been disaster. I'd add Royal Mail obviously, as well, another example, absolute nightmare. I mean, one poll commissioned by a right-wing British think tank, Legatum, found uh, 83% wanted water back in public hands, 77% for electricity and gas, and 76% for trains. Full half of the population, what the banking system nationalised, I mean, what we did there, again, socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor, was when the banks crashed the economy, the state went and bailed them out, uh, but, and they, not in order to, you know, actually create a, public banking system responsive to people's needs and that could actually transform the economy um, but instead just until they could flog it all off again. Now Labour are actually promising um, to bring railway the railways back into nationalisation. The Shadow Transport Minister, Lou Haig who represents the seat I was born in, Sheffield Healy said the next Labour government will bring our railways back into public ownership as contracts expire. I don't think they're going to call that a pledge Keir Starmer likes his pledges. I think it's just twofold. Obviously, I don't trust a single thing that Keir Starmer ever says because he he is pathologically dishonest. He made a series of pledges, which he has rode back on. Um, I'm also sceptical, as he's previously said when himself asked about rail nationalisation, that it would be brought back into public hands only in the sense they'd accept the status quo of the the government having brought uh, sections of the railways into public hands. So they, they need to be held to account there because I don't trust anything that they say. And until the entire railway network is re-nationalized and integrated, I won't trust them. Finally, what I'd say is this is an opportunity to talk about another form of public ownership, not the old form of nationalization, which was top-down run by bureaucrats, but democratic ownership where it's service users and um, in this case, passengers, and workers uh, together helping to run the railways Making sure it runs in the interests of those who use it and who work on it, who have overlapping needs. For example, making sure the railways are safe, and um, expanding the railways is good for workers, uh, and also, of course, good for the public. It's good for the climate. More people using public transport, less people using cars. Good for people's standard of living because rail fares are eating into our living standards. We need to talk about democratic public ownership. I don't want to go back to top-down nationalisation, which people didn't feel they had a stake in, so it was easy for Thatcher to flog off and that's the form of new modern 21st century socialism that i'm particularly interested in socialism for me means you extend democracy as best you can and you think that you you don't accept that capitalism and democracy are compatible because what capitalism does is concentrate wealth and therefore power in the hands of a few Um, and we have these unaccountable big rich people who uh, obviously have huge amounts of power at the expense of the rest of us so let's have democratic ownership of our railways and our other utilities And let's hold Labour to account on this, but also demand that they reverse the privatisation of other utilities and bring them into democratically run public hands. Thanks as ever, everyone. Thanks for watching or listening. Um, Do like and subscribe. On the podcast, do leave us a review. And um, uh, support on patreon.com forward slash omenjoes84. I will see you all soon. Small details are big surfaces? Tight corners are odd shapes? Flat?